0: For today's gospel proclamation, open your Bible to Luke chapter 24, verses 13 to 25, before continuing with the recording for the third Sunday of Easter proclamation of the gospel. You may pause the recording now to do so. Welcome back. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our gospel proclamation today comes from the Gospel of St. Luke, the 24th chapter, and serves as the basis of our theme for the third Sunday of Easter. Crazy, crazy, crazy. It's just so crazy, it might be true. A dear friend of mine years ago once told me he doesn't read fiction. Because the truth is always crazier than fiction could ever make it. Being a student of history myself, I had to agree. So many accounts from history, whether it was sports, culture, or just good old-fashioned Bible accounts, were far more incredible than anything anyone would create out of their mind. And in fact, so many are so inconceivable... They are regularly challenged as truth. But now, there is a small cottage industry, audiovisual wise, on the internet of people that make fantastic videos of many bizarre accounts in history that would otherwise be unbelievable without the facts. Walk back in your life for a moment with me. Did you ever have an experience in your life that nobody believes you when you tell the tale? Were you just a little girl or a little boy when it happened, and they simply laughed at you? Did you even get in trouble for sticking to your story because you knew it was the truth? We can all probably come up with one time when that happened to us, or no, someone it did happen to. I always wonder about those stories and whether the apology followed when the truth came out. Hopefully it did. But knowing our culture, probably not. Today our disciples hear a crazy account from the women who make three audacious claims about the tomb of Jesus when they went to prepare his body with spices after his death. And the disciples were so confounded with this accounting that Jesus comes alongside them, confounding their ability to see him in order to discuss with them what the women had said. Now you have to remember that as many as a million people may have been in Jerusalem when Christ was crucified. It was the Passover and many would come from all over the Roman Empire to swell the city population from its normal population of about 100,000. So Emmaus, being only a day's walk away, might have been a better option for these disciples today than staying in Jerusalem like the others did. Here we see them discussing just how crazy the situation with Jesus really was. It's important to remember Just how crazy this really would have been for a first century Judea. They don't have the benefit of a thousand years of examining this event like we have, but more on that later. Their experience was simply this. The women went to the tomb and found the stone rolled away. This would have taken several men to do, so the women could not have done it themselves. Furthermore, this just doesn't happen. Ever. I've been ministering for almost 20 years and have done hundreds of funerals. Never have I gone back to a grave and found it open after it had been officially sealed. I did have one family ask to open a grave in our cremains garden so they could move the remains of their loved ones up to north to a family plot. I was happy to do that for them as soon as they presented the court order to do so. They never followed up with me, so I assume they did not get one. That is the closest I have ever come to seeing a grave opened, and I can't imagine that will change anytime soon. And with our account today, remember, a guard was even posted to make sure the tomb would not be disturbed. So right away, the disciples found the lady's account unimaginable. And most of us can see why. Next, Jesus' body was gone. Only these women and his disciples would want the body for any reason, and none of them knew where his body was. Who would do such a thing? Well, not the priests, not the Sadducees, certainly not the Pharisees. Touching a dead body would make them unclean and unable to perform their duties for seven days. So who? The Romans don't care. The Greeks don't think it matters at all. And everyone else in Jerusalem likely fell on that spectrum somewhere. It makes no sense that anyone should steal the body. So the disciples see this account just to get in more inexplicable and more untenable. Just when you thought it could not possibly get any crazier, the craziest of all crazy possibilities is dropped like a sack of cement from the top floor of a skyscraper. Angels appeared and told the women Jesus was risen from the dead. Now again, we have had thousands of years to get used to this idea, but this might be hard to swallow for the first time just days from the end of Jesus' life. So, in the midst of discussing the ludicrous events of the days past, on this road to Emmaus, Jesus surreptitiously appears with the disciples and begins a gentle interjecting of their discussion. And I love his technique. It's a skill we should all practice every chance we get. When someone can't believe the truth of a matter or finds it emotionally and spiritually inconceivable, we should simply do what Jesus does today. Just start asking questions. First, Jesus asks them to recount what they are saying. This brilliantly forces them to think about what they are saying on another level. They have to clarify and inform an apparently ignorant stranger with facts not as yet in evidence for him. They really have to lay it all out, as, atla- as outlandish as it sounds, so he is up to speed and understands their bewilderment. I was so struck by this as we translated their words this week. As they recounted their words, we actually get an amazingly creedal statement. What they could not believe was literally a statement of what we should believe. And Jesus carefully and lovingly brings it out of them. How many of us have had the wonderful professor or high school teacher that used this exact technique to help us see the difficult truth by finally saying it with our own lips. The mentor didn't tell us. He or she let us see for ourselves what the aha moment was by asking questions until we could answer it for ourselves. This is God's technique, not man. God in his plan for all time has been laying out his truths for us to discover with the aid of an eternal counselor, the Holy Spirit, who opens our minds to what really happened in order to save the world. Jesus' questions help the disciples to see what has been the truth for thousands of years, going all the way back to the Garden of Eden. The disciples on the road to Emmaus did have thousands of years, just like we did, to absorb the truth of what happened. Unfortunately, they couldn't believe it. They could have devoted themselves to the truth of the Torah. They could have worshipped Jesus as the fulfillment of the prophecies. They could have just sung the songs, and it would have led them by the working of the Holy Spirit to the truth that was evident right before their eyes. But they could not, because they had fallen in love with the notion of a god, how they defined him, rather than how he defined himself for thousands of years. Their god was a messianic man, only there to lift them up as soldiers and solutionaries to all their perceived problems in their so-called lives, not the only God that came and walked amongst them in the flesh as one of them, nearly just like them. Their God was a conqueror who could muster legions of people and raise the dead, making their legions as undefeatable as any. Should they die in battle, he could just resurrect them to carry on the fight. Not the only God who willingly gave up his life to those he could have wiped out with 12 legions of angels had he only asked his father to send them. Their God was a philosopher and a preacher that could motivate millions to make even millions more a united political kingdom that would never be divided again. Not the God who walked away from the tomb, down to Sheol, and back up this very road to Emmaus to reveal himself to these disciples when he alone was ready to. Jesus, as crazy as it sounds, was not the God they wanted him to be. Rather, he was the God they, and we, needed him to be. And he is the God, Scripture, the prophets, and the law he fulfilled said he would be. And as crazy as it may be, just reading and devoting ourselves to what he told us to read helps us to see we're not crazy. It isn't crazy. And there's nothing crazy about it at all. It is the truth for all time. We have always believed. Amen. Now may that peace which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus always. Amen.